Give me like two seconds, I'm gonna take some pain pills. Blah. Pain pills, pain pills, part time, excellent. Get into it. Hello and welcome to the Magic Wings Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series Winx Club. I'm Brendan and I'm Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today we're watching Season 1, Episode 12, Miss Magics, which gets to keep its title in all three uh, languages that we're concerned with. English, English, and Italian. English, slightly different English. <laughs> The Italian version of this episode aired February 23rd, 2004, and the four kids dub aired September 4th of 2004. Woo! So before we get into the episode, I do believe we have listener questions this time around. Yay! Listener questions from more than one person! Blessed engagement from the audience. Our first listener question is from Cleo Halnaves. Again, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Uh... At C. Halnaves, what is your favorite transformation outfit, and which winks do you identify the most with? So, the costume, the transformation outfit that I enjoy the most is Blue Mix, from season six. (laughs) Even Stella's stupid ponytail? Stella's malnourished pigtail aside. Uh, give me one second, because I need to look this up. So, the reason I like Blue Mix so much is because I think it really emphasizes the idea that they're all drawing their magic from the same source, the Dragon Flame, but it still is incredibly individualistic. Every girl's outfit is unique, but has uh, shared design touches that make them look like a coherent unit. Uh, I love the the uh, armor aspects that all of them have, and uh, I my favorite outfit details from that uh, specifically are I like Tecna's leggings because they have a motherboard pattern on them, and uh, I like Aisha's bracers because they have like these big dragon scales. I really should. I'm horrible at thinking of things. Uh, I'm just bad at thinking. Oh, I know. Just to make it easier on me, because I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of Winx Club like Brendan does. It's not encyclopedic. I just have a bunch of useless knowledge. This has no practical application. I just have it. I'm not a Snapple facts of Winx Club knowledge like Brendan is. Yeah, that's more accurate. <laughs> so I'm just going to go with Enchantix because I really like the music. Enchantix is really, really pretty. And I can't wait till we get to it because we have these exact same fairy outfits for two seasons and then we get new ones every year. It's like Power Rangers. <laughs> well, no, season two, they, they get to be Malibu Stacy with a new hat and they get their purses but other than that, okay. All right. And, and her second. 
God, boss. Bella. The second part of her question is, which winks would you identify the most with? Um, good question. Uh, let here's something fun. Let's say who uh, we identify <laughs> as and who the other person sees us as. <laughs> I was just like, uh, Roxy, because I too am forgotten after I'm introduced. Um, I would say... <laughs> nah, I was kidding with that. I'd say I identify a lot with... Huh, this is a good question. Probably Flora? Maybe Stella. Uh, I, I certainly have enough... Flora with Stella rising? Basically, I have enough airhead moments to be Stella. Yes, you do. And Flora's the mom friend, and I'm finding out that I am apparently the dad friend to a lot of people. So, am I getting you a fanny pack for your birthday, or... Please don't. <laughs> for one, it wouldn't fit. Just get an extender, like a henshin belt. Uh, so yeah, my answer is actually probably Flora, because I am also the parent friend. Uh, my answer is actually going to be Techno. I see that. Because <laughs> I have a tendency to take things a little too literally, but I'm also really good with electronics and... You also have speech patterns where you're either British or put the emphasis in the wrong syllable. I don't know what you're talking about. No, so you need to do that again, but be British and put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. I don't know what you're talking about. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I do see you as a techna because you're the electronics and friend. I... When I have computer questions, I go to you. <laughs> and um, I actually do see you as Flora because you are very patient when it comes to me and my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you know somebody for as long as I've known you, you just kind of get used to it. We're married in all but law. legality. In all but law. Yeah. Um... <laughs> She finishes out her tweet by saying, thanks to this amazing podcast, it was exactly what I needed for my Wings Club rewatch. Keep up the good work with a fire emoji, a star emoji, and a fairy emoji. It looks like Tinkerbell, but it's probably just a generic fairy. Thank you for your question, Cleo. Uh, we hope you keep <laughs> listening. Cleo, no! No, we're not doing the H2O Just Add Water <laughs> podcast yet. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to the adventures of Clear, Emma, and Ricky later. Ricky? Emma. Clear. Emma! <laughs> I've heard Australian like... people say those girls' accents were a bit intense. Our second... I guess third. Our third question, second person asking a question, is from... Mad Lobotanist, best friend of the podcast, Cassidy. Uh, current display name, Neo Cassidy, the ever-living. I'm so happy that you've ascended to lichdom, Cassidy. We're so proud of you. Um, <clears throat> she asks, what flavor of candy are each of the winks? I've actually done thinking about this. Uh, I'm glad you did. Okay, so follow my logic. Following. Bloom is... I lost you. <laughs> Bloom is either strawberry or one of those uh, spicy chili flavored candies. Okay. Flora is lychee berry because those are... It's kind of a perfumey flavor. 
Okay. Stella is um, something citrusy, lemon or orange, because she's, you know, the bright one and the sunny one. Mm-hmm. Muse is raspberry. Uh, <laughs> raspberry. Thank you. Muse is raspberry. Uh, I don't know why that just seems to fit her the best. I think it would be because it's fruity, but also has a little punch. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a, it's got a little something to it. And uh, <laughs> Tecna is the aftertaste of licking a lithium-ion battery. Oof. Uh, but in all seriousness, I think of Tecna as lime-flavored. Probably because that is her, like, secondary color that keeps showing up. Is when she's not the purple one, she's, like, bright lime green. I could see that. And lime just lime just seems to fit her more than, like, green apple. So Tecna is the toxic waste world sourest candy. Got it. Yeah, she's a warhead. No, because warheads are tolerable. Toxic waste tastes like you're licking a battery. Oh, so she she's both. She's a lime toxic waste candy. Um. Nah, she's just lime. And uh, you didn't ask, but uh, I see is mint. Darcy is uh, raisin or black currant. And Stormy, I'm going to say, is also probably a warhead. Uh, but flavor-wise, actually, let's let's split the difference. Darcy is grape and Stormy is currant. Because electric current, you see. Mm. Laugh, damn it, that was funny. I just like grape. Isn't Darcy... No, Stormy's your favorite. Because you like the angry Grape ones. is delicious. Uh, so what are what's your answer for these girls? And their flavors? Um, I'm just going along with you. Here's the thing. I don't... I don't eat a lot of... Here's the thing. I eat a lot of candy, but I eat the same candy. I mean, I, I, I follow. So it's, like, so it's like, oh, I like chocolates and I like Starburst. Like... Okay, then what flavor Starburst are all of them? There's only so many. I mean, who's... Okay, so let's do it this way. Who's... Who's Cherry? One ridiculous silence later. <laughs> I don't know. It's the... I don't know. Okay, well, off the top of my head... Bloom is cherry, Stella is orange, Flora is strawberry, Musa is watermelon. Does that make Tecna grape by default? I think it does. There's no watermelon or grape starbursts, though. There are definitely watermelon and grape starbursts. Are you thinking of now or laters? I'm thinking of Jolly Ranchers. That's what I'm thinking of. I mean, they... Do apparently have watermelon starburst, but because when I open a pack, that's what I always think the pink ones are. Hi, welcome to Starburst Cast. But uh, <laughs> so I hope you, I hope you liked those answers, Cassidy. <laughs> if they were lollipops, Darcy is mystery flavored. If they were Airheads, Darcy is mystery flavored. She's always the mystery flavor. Which I think is buttered popcorn for the, for like dum dum lollipops. Thank you for what is the mystery of Oak Island. Mystery flavored dum dum. 
Ah! Ha <laughs> ha Do you want to know what mystery flavor is? Uh, isn't it like an apple or something? Mystery flavor is the end result of one batch mixing with the next rather than stopping to clean the machine between flavors. Gross. According to Wikipedia, anyway. So that's what flavored Darcy is. And if you're really unlucky, that means she's a little bit root beer, and then she's a little bit, like, pineapple. <laughs> He's a little bit root beer. I'm a little pineapple. <sighs> Alright, so with our listener questions answered, let's move on to the episode summary. I will take your silence as an indication of agreement. Alright, so... Uh, uh, season one, episode 12, Miss Magics. Uh, we open in Magic City, where Bloom and Brandon are having a date. And Bloom is... Ex An exposition date. <laughs> where Bloom is explaining her plot dreams to Brandon. Apparently, the dreams are getting more detailed. And Bloom has been trying to do some more research on Daphne but all of the books that mentioned her that showed up when she visited the library a few episodes ago aren't there anymore. Spooky. Uh, so Brandon says that he'll ask Timmy to see if they can find any information in the Red Fountain archives. <laughs> yeah, Timmy's a giant nerd. He can help out. And uh, really, that's all this scene kind of does, aside from being flirty with Bloom and Brandon and seeing their fledgling relationship continue to grow and um in four kids that scene was just entirely cut uh yeah just <laughs> not there yeah cut for time i would guess so after we're done with the date we go to palladium's classroom in alfia and the hollow deck is back up and running so it's time for the rest of the class to take their midterms Palladium chirps in with, oh, not that that was a weird word. Mm -hmm. uh, Palladium says, uh, "If I'm not mistaken, there are still several students who need to take the test. Do you mean the rest of the class? Because Bloom was the only one who took it." Yeah, um, Bloom took it, got crashed by some Muppets, and then the thing broke. Uh, but that's not important, apparently. Uh, what is important is that Stella is the next name on the list. Or, uh, I forget which dub it is, but I think one of the dubs, he volunteers her when nobody else says they're ready to go. Not noticing that she's not in the class. I think it's in Four Kids where Stella is voluntold. Like Tess said, Stella is not in class. And Bloom pipes up to say that Stella wasn't feeling well that morning, so she went to the infirmary. Uh, so Flora gets per, uh, picked to go into the holodeck. And in the Cineloom dub, she, go, she chooses the uh, dark magic. She chooses like the curse breaking uh, module. And that gets booted up. And in the four kids dub, there's no choice. You just have to do the planet simulation. So <laughs> thankfully we cut away before the holodeck finishes materializing whatever it's <laughs> generating. Or else saved money on that. Or we would have had to see some very sloppily photoshopped in like rocks where some witches were. 
I have become a tree. Uh, Bloom goes to the infirmary and asks the school nurse how Stella's doing. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I forgot that I wrote down, oh, hello, Bloom. Do you need an ice pack? Oh, right. Uh, Bloom goes to the infirmary where presumably Stella is just laying on one of the weird therapy couches uh, <laughs> after taking a Tylenol. Swilled her mouth with some salt water. An ice pack on her forehead. Uh, but apparently the nurse says that Bloom is the first student who's come into the infirmary today. So that means that Stella was able to get away with using the oldest trick in the book and placed, uh, played sick to stay home. Uh, jumping over to Four Kids Town for a hot second. Um, instead of Bloom saying that Stella wasn't feeling well and went to the infirmary, she says that Stella told her she switched her perfume with a cat potion and ate a furball. So she did the Chamber of Secrets plot with Hermione. Got it. In the holodeck, Flora says that she doesn't think there is such thing as a dead planet, only a planet that needs love. And Palladium responds with, interesting point, but save that for magic philosophy. This is a survival test. Focus on surviving. So, after finding out that Stella lied, Bloom goes and narks to the rest of the girls. <laughs> girls, I have tea. Stella never went to the infirmary. Uh, they have a little bit of a discussion here about Stella probably just running away from her problems because she didn't study. And apparently the test is actually really easy when it's not being interrupted by witches because everybody else has passed their exam. Everything's easy without witches. And, uh, we get another one of Sindaloom Tecna's weird emphases, emphases, maybe, uh, when she says that Stella- Emphasize? Uh, she says that Stella is going to have to take the simulator test. <laughs> so Bloom has apparently, like, gone through the entire school looking for Stella. And the last place she's decided to check is Stella's room, which I would check first. And uh, Stella's not there at first, but she does walk into the room a little bit after Bloom does. And she says that Palladium can keep waiting for her to take her test because she is going to be entering the Miss Magic's beauty pageant. Uh, she was runner-up last year, and she is very eager to give it another go. She's wearing a new outfit, and I think it's really nice looking. Oh yeah, she's got a, like, a purple top. It's a good look for her. And, uh, we, this is an annual thing that is never brought up again. So, Tecna berates Stella for putting a beauty pageant before school. And in a very transparent move, Stella immediately asks what she can do to make the others feel sorry for her. I mean... Nobody comments on this, because I don't think the script writers caught that. <laughs> uh, so Stella just kind of mopes and pouts about until Bloom caves. And when Bloom caves, everybody caves, because Bloom is the fulcrum upon which the world turns. Oh, Bloom, you are too nice for your own good. Uh, we have a, like, a little aside here to set up some, uh, dramatic irony in very loose quotes. 
uh, they other girls are worried about running into the tricks when they go into magics, but Stella says she has it on good authority. They're not going to run into the Terrible Trio. So obviously the tricks are going to show up later and cause problems. Naturally. Icy wakes up every single day, and the only thought that goes through her head is, I am going to deliberately cause problems for people. I mean, me? We transition to Cloud Tower where Murda and Lucy are mid-conversation in what is most likely their shared dorm room. Uh, a note here is that this is another episode where Murda gets called Mista, and I looked this up. Oh, you did? I did. And according to the Winx Club wiki, uh, take that as reliably as you can, but there are just episodes where Murda is called Mista in the Cinelune dub for no reason. And uh, the way I'm choosing to interpret it is that Lucy does not actually know her name and they don't really hang out. So she thinks her name is Mista and Murda just goes with it because she's too nice to correct Lucy. Oh, so Lucy, speaking of, uh, she wants to win the Miss Magic's competition because she thrives on attention, uh, must be a millennial. And uh, craves validation, must be a millennial. So she's going to ask the tricks for help because she cannot win on her own merit because she has the only non-standard character design in the show, which means she is irreparably ugly. You went too fast. I was going to quip in with an okay bloomer. <laughs> uh <laughs> Apparently, the competition does have a clause in the rules stating that you cannot make yourself prettier with magic, because obviously everybody would do it. Uh, but apparently, Lucy thinks that the tricks are so powerful, they can get away with it. And why, they th uh, why Lucy thinks that the tricks will help her for any cost short of her soul is beyond me. In Four Kids, they just gloss over the fact that Lucy is quote-unquote ugly. I forget how, but I just have that in my notes. They claim that they would never crown a witch Miss Magics, so it's just some light racism. Right. right, right. Racism here, fixed later. <laughs> uh, Murda starts telling Lucy that she doesn't need to grovel at the Trix's feet just so she can get some temporary validation. Uh, but Lucy blows her off, and storms out of the room, leaving Murda sad. We get a brief cutaway to the Winks finding the auditorium in Magics, and Stella, like, runs in like a kid at Disneyland. And the four kids dub Perfect. adds an overlay of muffled techno music. Like, it's... I mean, that's just my head. It Because it's so loud in the auditorium. And we go into the auditorium, where the tricks are wandering around in the backstage area. And <laughs> the opening line from Darcy in the Four Kids dub is, Hey, this isn't the demonology convention. <laughs> so Icy told the- Icy did the thing where she told them they were going to the fair, and they were actually going to get their shots. <laughs> Uh, so after their vaccinations, uh, Darcy and Stormy are very confused about why they're even at the pageant, because they also believe it's a waste of time. When Icy reveals her evil plan, 
they're going to help Lucy win. And after her dream comes true by winning this beauty pageant, they're going to undo the glamour they put on her, uh, revealing her true face, and then humiliating her in front of the entire audience because they are still high school bullies when they're not trying to take over the world. <laughs> yeah, just pull the rug out from under her. Uh, in Four Kids, the um, plan is demonstrably less cruel because the witches aren't planning on embarrassing Lucy at the end. They know Stella's going to be entering the competition, so they want Lucy to win, to beat Stella, and also they want Lucy to do their homework for the rest of the year. So it goes from being incredibly cruel to incredibly petty. I mean, that's their switches. Cruel or petty. Or world domination. That Creddy. That's what happens when you get the cool. that's what happens when you get the switch stuck in the middle between cruel and petty. It lands on world domination. So in Stella's dressing room, yeah. she's trying on an outfit, and everybody thinks it's really cute. Uh, well, actually, only Bloom and Techna are here at the moment, because then Flora and Musa come in to do Stella's makeup. Uh, Musa has some hot makeover jams, and Flora has mixed up some plant-based hair and face treatments. Now, in the 4Kids dub, there's an implication that they're potions, which I think breaks the no magic rule. It depends on what goes into making the potion. Like, Technically speaking, a lotion could be considered a potion. It's just a matter of if the, if you put magic into it or not. You know, I just listened... You know what I mean? You know, the funny thing is, I just listened to an episode of my witchy podcast all about potions, tinctures, and... What's the other one? Poultices? No, um... Uh, it's the other T word. It's the difference between a tincture, a potion, and... An extraction, I think. Uh, <clears throat> uh, point being, uh, the difference is an extraction is when you put a, a flower or soft vegetable matter into a, a bottle of strong alcohol, usually, and let it diffuse. A tincture is when you boil the rougher vegetable matter and then let it sit for many hours to get the same effect. Uh a that is an extract. A potion is just tea. <laughs> but we need to get back to the episode because something really rough happens. Yeah. The girls start working to make Stella over, but they're interrupted by the sound of somebody sobbing outside. Now, before we get too into this, I'd like to reiterate that Tessa and I are white people. And we don't really have all of the answers or deeply educated commentary about what is to follow. But if any of our followers would like to illuminate us or weigh in, please feel free to comment, to like add us on Twitter or give us an email and we'll very much appreciate it. We just feel like this upcoming segment is a little off 
So there is, so the girl in the hallway who is crying has an afro. And honestly, it's very cute. Oh, absolutely. Um, so Bloom, because she's the main character and, you know, nice with a capital N, uh, asks her what's wrong. And the girl says that her hair is normally straight, but she was walking down the hallway and it poofed into an afro. And Stella, looking out of the door, goes, what is that? In a tone of confused disgust. It's worth noting that the girl whose hair has poofed up into an afro has dark skin. She's she's black. Yes, I I should have. She's black, and she is with another fairy who is also black, but has lighter skin and straight hair. You see why this feels a little off. There's no real uh, way to work around the fact that this is a European cartoon in the year two thousand four, where they thought it was an acceptable message to show young girls that Afro-texture hair is undesirable. Now, the 4Kids dub gets a gold star for this episode because they take this, and no, it would not fly in America ever because of the implications. And so they change it so that the girl has been hexed with a helium voice. And she's been nightcored. <laughs> She's just full on night cord. And the weird thing is the tricks laugh at her. And I don't know if the implication is that the tricks did this to her, which I feel like it would. And they're just kneecapping her. But the important thing is that Bloom sees the tricks and she has no idea what they're doing here, but she knows that they're up to something just that they're not being homicidal for once. Um, in the four kids dub, um, I believe that she was trying to cast a spell because I have written down there isn't a ban on magic here and in doing so the hair fizzing out isn't the problem. Her voice is just all squeaky. But then later on it's, oh yeah, no, there, there is no magic. She was just trying to cheat. Oh no, I think they actually did put that in the four kids dub that she was That, like, she was trying to cheat by casting a spell on her voice, probably so she could sing better, and it backfired. I could be misremembering it, but it sounds good, so we're gonna go with it. So, on stage, the announcer, who is very definitely voiced by Dan Green and Four Kids... Hey, Dan Green, how you doing? Uh, he starts the show. He He's William Shatner in his congeniality. And he reiterates, all magic is banned, and anyone found using glamour or hexing their competition will be instantly disqualified. Uh, also worth pointing out that because the crowd budget for character models is not very high, so there are maybe a handful of people in this room. Also, Miss Farragonda and Ms. Griselda are in the audience. Is it them or just people with, like, their character models, but a little to the left? It looked like their character models. Huh. Weird. It never gets it, brought up yeah. if it is them. 
Especially because earlier in the episode, Stella mentions that Miss Farragonda won't know we're here. It's like, it looks like she's in the far- first row. And I don't know much about pageants. I don't think either of us really do. Pageants aren't usually this sparsely attended. No, especially if it's an annual pageant. And the contestant pool is probably always, like, really wide. Because Magic's is like New York, so there's always new people coming in. So, the announcer brings the contestants out and everybody does the exact same (laughs) step and repeat walk wearing identical bathing suits and we get to see the new glamoured Lucy who now has a standard character design and hair down to her ankles. Okay. So this this part of the episode makes me conflicted because on one hand I think pageants are a little weird in and themselves because I I it's not my scene. Not my scene at all. But I'm also kind of into this episode because I'm really gay. (laughs) I am also very gay, which is why I like pageants. I also want to point out that there are two contestants who have very unique character designs. One of them is a fish lady. Yes. And the other one is purple. I'm really gay for this episode, dude. I just think it's a shame that neither of these characters will ever show up again because I really like their character designs, especially the fish lady. Oh, yeah. I want to know her planet. What's your backstory? All right, ma'am. And your Um, name? Salmonella Fitzgerald. I hate you. (laughs) I hate your reference. I hate your face. I wrote down what kind of knockoff Power Rangers music is this? Uh, was it while they were walking on stage or was it during the montage that's about to happen? Let's see here, my notes. That's right, girls walk on stage like robots. Is it bad that I'm kind of into this episode because of rampant homosexuality? What knockoff Power Rangers music is this? And she's dead. Okay, so it might be during the montage. (laughs) So (laughs) So they, they start off with a swimsuit category. I guess, and then immediately move into the talent portion. So um, we have a brief backstage moment where Stella is like wigging out because of the crowd reaction to Glamour Lucy. And Glamour Lucy walks by and when Bloom uh, compliments her, she just kind of sticks her nose in the air. Stella also says that it's no fun if she doesn't win. So we get a little bit of Stella's personality there. And so we go back for talent category. And the tricks uh, start just rampantly hexing the other contestants to make them fail. Everyone's dead. So we get, like, there's a girl who's doing, like, an aerobics routine and she springs into the crowd. There is uh, a girl who has, like, a juggling routine and all of her pins hit her in the head. Uh, one girl is trying to sing, but she just starts croaking like a frog. Uh, um, Salmonella Fitzgerald starts doing a strip tease. Yeah, I was wondering. It looks like she was about to do a burlesque performance. 
And that's where I wrote, I'm gay, so gay, very much gay. Though it's not much of a burlesque performance if you're just wearing a big fur coat and then a one-piece bathing suit underneath. (laughs) Where do you reveal from that? I mean, okay, yeah, G-string and pasties, sure. But there has to be more along the way. Oh, and um, the tricks make her fail by uh, encasing her feet in ice, and she uh, starts skating around the room uncontrollably. Passing by. Um, In Four Kids... Uh, they added a song to this montage. Oh yeah, they added the Trix's image song, Mean Girls. Mean Girls Rule. And the lyrics rule. The thing about Mean Girls Rule is, it is so actively stupid that it warps back around into being (laughs) radical. (laughs) I have the lyrics up. Oh, I don't need you to tell me because I remember them. I have them, like, memorized, because that song is always low-key playing in the back of my brain like an intrusive thought. (laughs) Now, would you call this a bop, a banger, or a jam? I would say it slaps right across the face. Ah, yes. Did she tell you that you're ugly? Uh, mean girls (laughs) tell you that you're ugly, then they're gonna make you cry. Uh, slam your makeup smash your locker, tell you you're a loser nerd, humiliate, eviscerate, that's why they lead the herd. Mean girls are popular. Mean girls are cool. Mean girls are icy cold. That's why the mean girls rule. (sighs) And no, you can't sit with us. I will put a link to this, to the song on the Twitter. One of us will. This song rules. <laughs> like, it's not just the song. The It's not just the lyrics, because they're so overtly angry that this is hilarious. The beat is rad. It's very 2004 pop in the best way. Um... So at the end of everyone, you know, just straight up dying at the end of their talent performances, uh, the announcer and MC says that they're going to take a short break. And Icy says it had better be a short break or she's going to break his neck. In the Cineloom dub, of course, because they Um, can't get away with that in four kids. And we're back. And then we get Lucy's talent. It's ballet. In four kids, it's called hair dancing. Because of her extensions. Uh, So I have a question for you. Do you think that this is part of the glamour? Or do you think that Lucy is actually a very skilled ballerina? I would like to think that she's actually a very skilled ballerina. Same? Like... Part of me wants to think that she's the kind of, like, gothy punk girl who comes from money. And had a very stereotypically preppy background. She's pizzazz from Jim. <laughs> yeah, so she, of course she knows how to do ballet. She's probably been taking lessons since she was old enough to stand. You know, I don't think it ever gets discussed. Do you want to know what Lucy's magic is? is it snakes? Bugs. <gasps> Lucy is the witch of insects. 
Just a fun fact. Do with that what you will. Nothing, thanks. So, uh, Lucy does her performance. Of course it goes well, because the tricks aren't meddling with her. And now it's time for Stella's talent. And you would think, what could Stella's talent be? We don't know a lot about her at this point still. Do you think she's going to, like, model some of her own designs, maybe? Because she's the fashion one? Or do you think she's going to maybe, like, sing or something? Or or show us, like, a super obscure talent that, like, you would never expect from Stella. Because, like, she's deeper than you think. Is it vaguely line dancing? It's a little bit line dancing. It's a little bit just kind of moving. <laughs> is it an Applejack cosplay? So Stella is doing the traditional dance from the western moon of Solaria. She is in a cowgirl outfit. And because it's 2004, it's a sexy cowgirl. But thankfully she's not in, like, Daisy Dukes. She's got, like, boot-length jeans that have, like, fringe. I have a question. Yes? How can a moon be in the West? Good question. Usually it can't. But this is the (laughs) magic dimension, so who knows how astronomy works. Uh, Um, so... In the four kids, uh, they add spotlights for some reason. I guess they gotta use that budget somehow to justify it. Uh, the tricks react like Stella is doing something truly revolutionary by going yeehaw and tossing her hair back and forth. <laughs> and so they try messing with her performance, but Stella, like, dances by every single pitfall and falling light fixture. And the tricks have the most amazing reaction shot. They look like demons. They're so angry. Ooh, yeah. It's like a Tex Avery-style exaggerated expression that we don't get to see that often on this show. But, uh... So Stella does her dance, and it goes well. And then apparently it's time for interview portion. But Lucy didn't get interviewed. So maybe it's just for Stella because she's the only other one who survived. And uh, Darcy hexes Stella to make her talk backwards, but the impressor, but the impressor, but the announcer is actually very impressed because he thinks she can do it on purpose. <laughs> because I too can just be Utara Hikaru in the opening of Sanctuary. That was a very funny Kingdom Hearts joke. Oh, good, you got it. By the noise you made, you got it. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> Sanctuary is what plays in my head when I'm... That's my loading sound. Uh, Here comes my absolute favorite shot of this episode. We start the coronation. And that means we get to see all of the contestants on stage. And everybody is wrecked. Um, uh, Salmonella Fitzgerald is the wrong skin tone. Yeah, she looks like a normal girl with, like, blotchy blue makeup. So I guess somebody did not get the memo that she is a fish person. She's so fish person, she doesn't have fingers. They're just mitts. She doesn't have a nose. (laughs) But what if you had no nose? She's Voldemort. Um, (laughs) so... 
Lucy is crowned Miss Magics. And here's where we get two very interesting plot differences. Or at least we get a softening of the tricks in the four kids version. Now, in the Cinelum version, Icy undoes the glamour, as was their plan all the time, exposes Lucy's true appearance, and everyone boos and hisses because she cheated, and Lucy runs off in cheers. Wait a minute. She's not beautiful. She's ugly. She has a different character design. Shun! Shun the non-doll! Uh, in the four kids dub, however, things are cut together so that Bloom has put together that the tricks are trying to make this girl win, and Bloom undoes the spell, humiliating Lucy, and the tricks go, oh well, let's just go home. Oh well, she's still doing our homework. Uh, the end result is that Stella... Uh, was lovely first alternate, so she is now Miss Magics. Also, she had a very not-pageant-like reaction. Because, like, in a pageant, you're supposed to, like, be gracious. Like, oh, you won. Good job. Good for you. Not visible anger. Yeah, Stella doesn't have very good sportsmanship. <laughs> but um, I would like to point out that Stella might have won, but this is still really hollow because everybody else is in, like, full body casts and iron lungs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure one girl had to get, like, wheeled off. One of those girls is currently in shock trauma, yes. <laughs> After the show ends, you just hear a helicopter leaving to go to the hospital. But Stella still won. And she wants to go out and celebrate, but everybody else immediately dra basically drags her back to the dorm because they upheld their part of the bargain. Now Stella has to do hers. Uh, I wrote down that Bloom starts coughing to get Stella's attention. Stella asks if Bloom has a sore throat. Bloom asks if Stella has a memory problem. Uh, so we go to the next day at Alfia, where Stella is wearing her hangover sunglasses because she's been awake all night studying. And um, now I don't know how many of you listeners need to hear this, but I feel like it's a valuable piece of wisdom. Pulling an all-nighter before an important test is a terrible idea. You will retain nothing. Mm -mm. That's your one useful piece of information this episode. So... Stella uh, basically tumbles into the holodeck because uh, she wants to do the uh, damaged planet scenario. And because they have the domino backdrop, they're going to use the domino backdrop again. <laughs> and instead of getting swarmed by the hollow Kikos that infested the system, those were probably cleared out. So instead, uh, Stella manages at first to start growing some trees and grass. And... Uh, it goes out of control. The plants <laughs> overtake her. And then we cut to, like, the simulation ends. Like, Palladium ends it prematurely, I guess. Or she hits, like, the, the panic button. 
and she's standing in the middle of a hollow deck, like wet and covered in broken sticks, even though those are holograms. Unless it's like Disney World and there are actual water sprayers in there or something. <laughs> it's a 4D experience. Be careful, Stitch is gonna fart in your face. Feel the feeling of actual mice running over your feet. Wait, what do you mean that wasn't a feature? Oh god, there are mice! <laughs> so, Palladium encourages Stella to put some more effort in because she did have it. For a brief moment, she had it. And Palladium is a lot less encouraging in four kids. It's startling how... Actually, I forget which dub it is where he's a lot more fatalistic. But one of the dubs has him just say, you failed a lot in this class. I'd suggest being better. That's Sinaloom. Because in four kids, the test is pass or fail. And she passed. Ah, I see. So, yeah. So that's one of our plot changes is Stella passes her midterm in four kids and fails it in Sinaloom. But something that I don't understand is that in the Sinaloom dub, isn't the whole thing supposed to be that you make the planet less desolate? Which she technically did. She technically did. And also there is no resolve on Lucy at all. You were just here for plot reasons. You're done. We might follow up on it next week, but probably not. Ah, she's just scarred for life. It's cool. But, uh... Bloom says that Stella does have something to look forward to, and that is that vacation is about to start. So I guess this, this is their equivalent of summer break because they've had midterms? Or, like, or no, winter break. Oh, yeah. What? So, Hold on. Point is, it's- What a, year is this? Who are you? The year is 1942, and I am Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Oh, fuss. I thought we got rid of you. Hey, he was a great president. Uh, but okay. That's the end of the episode, is after we find out that there's vacation. So presumably that's what <laughs> after, we'll be focusing on. After Stella either passed or failed, we're not sure. Uh, the episode is over, which means it is time for us to discuss the best moment, the worst moment, and crown our very own Miss Magics, the MVP of the episode. Oh, thank God you worried me. Because <laughs> I actually wrote these down. Oh my God. And I was like, wait, we're doing a best Miss Magics now? Oh no. But I actually prepared. I'm so proud of you. And then last week you fussed it up and I wasn't able to do it, but. Look, last week I had the plague. So, what is the best moment of the episode? My best moment is the fail compilation of the other contestants. That was great. That was hysterical, honestly. Uh, my best moment is actually probably the same thing. Or Darcy's line, this isn't the demonology convention. Oh, Choosing a four kids moment? It was a very good line. <laughs> also, I've been watching The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina lately, so that line hit me even harder. Okay. 
I think we can agree that the worst moment is the afro thing. See, I just, I immediately blocked that out of my mind and just said the tricks in general because Lucy deserves better. But yeah, that's a, that's a really good worst moment. Uh, Italy, be better. And Italy in 2004, be better. And who's your MVP for the episode? I had a really hard time with this, but, um, Murda for trying to talk Lucy out of it in the beginning of the episode? Um, my MVP for this episode is actually Icy for embracing her petty, cruel high school villain roots. <laughs> Overall, this episode was kind of a nothing episode, to be honest. But it was still really good. It was fun. I like this episode, Afro notwithstanding. <laughs> so that brings us to a close for this week. Uh, join us again next fortnight. We'll be discussing season one, episode 13, A Great Secret Revealed. Ooh. I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> and if you want to keep up with us until next episode, you can find me, Brendan, on Twitter at Sonata Waves, S-O-N-A-T-A-W-A-V-E-S. You can find me, Tess, on Twitter, at Pocky Slice. Pocky, like the delicious Japanese snack, slice as in a slice of pie. You can find our show on Twitter, at Magic Winks Pod. That is, at Magic Winks Pod. You can email us, at Magic Winks Clubhouse, at gmail.com. That is the name of this show, at gmail.com. If you listen on a platform that accommodates it, please leave us a rating and review. If you can't leave a rating or review, spread the word. Every year on our podcast uh, gets us up those rating charts. And I've decided that our goal is to become the best in the realm of uh, Magical Girl recap podcasts. That's not on any specific leaderboard, but it's on the one in my heart. oh man so until next time with lucky episode 13 meeting adjourned Why the Footloose tune? <laughs>